What's up, everyone? Uh, my name is Max. On the other side is my friend Jake. Uh, welcome to Be Meaner Than It. This is a show about the Forgotten Ruins series. Uh, Jake and I absolutely love this book or all of these books. We're pretty much like heroin junkies uh, with these books. Can't get enough. We can't wait until September. It's too long. I need it now. I need to melt it in a hot spoon and inject it into my veins right now. <laughs> So why would you say that? It's true, man. I'm sorry. Oh. Uh, so uh, we're just going to start right off the bat. We're, we're going through this chapter by chapter. Um, and the uh, <laughs> at the beginning, I might regret that later. Um, in the beginning, uh, we're introduced to uh, Walker. Everyone calls him Talker, talks eight languages and many more to uh, pick up chicks with. Um so in the beginning of this book, uh, I kind of had my doubts going into it because I was super into Galaxy's Edge. But right away, I was hooked with so many hooks right at the beginning. He talks right away about he dreams in Elvish. Uh, this is this is Talker. Um, he talks about the Rangers were overrun by orcs and the army had sent them where no one had ever gone. I was like, what? I was I was like captivated. Everything was just shotgunned out so fast. And uh, I was hooked immediately. Yeah. And what it, about you, Jake? It. Uh, I'm sorry, dude. I'm, <laughs> I keep thinking about that whole heroin thing. I, I can't. <laughs> um, yeah, it definitely hooked me from the get-go. So it's like I was dreaming in Elvish. I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, this is how the book begins. Right. And then instead of talking about his dreams or what Elvish actually means or any of this other BS, it's like, boom. We're almost directly into a firefight. I'm like, yeah. all right, this is my type of book. Yeah, right away. Um, so we kind of get uh, uh, a look at the different characters that um, we're going to see later. We know that we're with a detachment of rangers. We have a deep state guy, which right away is just, I, I thought that was bad news right off the bat, right? Which means some, some big government sort of black agency is with them so i'm thinking like there's some shady stuff that you know he's a part of uh that the rangers are going to have to get involved in when we got science and tech peeps uh and we got this thing called the forge and it can make anything mm -hmm. pretty cool but it can't i love how it can't charge batteries at the same time it's it's making <laughs> cranking out tons of ammo and seemingly infinite matter um I mean, I just leave it to the government to make something amazing, but can't do a simple task like charge at the same time. It's creating things. Of course, of course. Um, so uh, one thing real quick, I, I just, I love talker as a character. He's, he's super funny, even in like the midst of all this danger, he's scatterbrained and mm -hmm. you just get that all over the book. I love how he, it's like nonlinear storytelling. I love it. And his sense of humor is just, I, 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 I love it. Yeah. And listening or listening to talker, like he's actually talking, but right. reading about talker, but you feel um, like that in the book. Like you are, you are actually listening to someone. Yeah. Which is, yeah. But really it, well written. when he talks, it reminds me after like somebody with their second cup of coffee, like, Oh yeah, <laughs> this and that. And Oh yeah. Okay. Let's do this. I'm like, all right, dude, yeah. let's focus a little bit. Let's stay on track. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Talker's awesome. Yeah, he is. 
So Rangers, we're on a big island in the middle of a river in a valley. So I'm picturing like some some big, uh, almost kind of like Iwo Jima in a river because the other Rangers are on kind of an elevated area where they retreat mm -hmm. to later. Um, and the other Rangers where Talker is are on kind of like a flat uh, sort of an area with fighting positions dug mm -hmm. um, somewhat close to the river, it seems. Um, and so uh, around three in the morning, which I bet everybody's super tired after crash landing on a plane and having to dig holes and make fighting positions and all that. Uh, Corporal Brocker, one of the dudes in the weapons platoon, thinks, you know what? Uh, I'm going to pop an IR flare real quick because there's some, there's just some stuff down by the river and I don't trust that. And uh, the, the tiny little shoot, I can picture it all. The little shoot comes out. Dude, it's, it's funny. I was just thinking about the sound. But... <laughs> Yeah. Like, and you know this is probably textbook for all these rangers right like i'm sure they pop these flares all the time like kind of mm -hmm. just in case you know and they go like okay trees trees rock orcs trees <laughs> wait what is that <laughs> yeah let's uh let's take it back a little bit uh, yeah, yeah wait <laughs> let's go back what was <laughs> that over there uh, I, I, I personally have used night vision and, uh, it can definitely play tricks on you and talker kind of alludes to that. You had a night vision play tricks on you, Jake. Absolutely. Uh, I remember this one time in Florida, we were doing some training and it was probably around three in the morning and I'm just staring out at the wood line and I'm like, trees, 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 linebacker from the NFL trees, trees. I'm like, wait, what? And I go back. <laughs> And I would have sworn I saw this like football player out in the middle of the woods. I'm like, huh, well, it's, you know, Northern Florida. So there probably isn't somebody running around right now. You know, there's yeah, probably, night vision definitely plays with you. There's probably orcs in Florida. Probably. There's a bunch of weird stuff down there. They got gators that can climb fences, man. There's freaking orcs down there. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> okay. So uh, we got to look at the orcs and uh, Tucker mentions that the Ranger patrols have kind of seen glimpses of these guys. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm kind of thinking like these orcs didn't just happen upon these rangers. Like some some uh, scout saw this thing go down, went mm -hmm. back to his orc buddies, and they were and those were scouting parties. They were kind of um, seeing and observing, uh, looking for the rangers. Um, so he, you know they're described as hairy, misshapen brutes. And not like the Tolkien orcs and, and you know the Lord of the Rings blockbuster movies, but Ralph Bakshi's animated orcs. And uh, I looked those up, dude. Those are way more terrifying than the orcs in the Lord of the Rings. Like those things look straight evil. Hmm. And uh, you know, it's yeah. If you if if you guys haven't looked that up, look it up. It kind of it kind of changed the story for me a little bit as far as like what these guys we're looking at and if i saw the little the little freaking orcs in lord of the rings i just want to like punch those dudes in the face but these things are like tall and muscular and like they look actually kind of scary um orcs of nightmares yeah dude for sure they're like they're like legit evil things okay so i'm just gonna go on a limb here i think corporal brocker saved everyone's freaking life <coughs> because this was like a masked kind of army right that snuck up on these guys 
And if that IR flare was popped, they would have been like super close right away in mass numbers. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, wasn't there like a sound in the river, like the orcs were crossing the river and then he heard something, something abnormal. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to look this up. Pops an Mm -hmm. IR. Oh, there's a army of orcs coming towards our position. (coughs) A freaking army, not just like, excuse me, you know, not just like a little skirmishing detachment or, you know, whatever it's these guys came with the intent to wipe them out. Yeah. Uh, So then we get a look at, uh, we got introduced to a Sergeant Kurtz. Um, He was constantly improving the fighting positions all night. Um, And Kurtz doesn't care what people like, right? He's just saying, you guys are freaking digging. We're digging in. And you could probably imagine, like, I know what I'd be thinking if I was the other Rangers, I'd be like, are you freaking kidding me, dude? We're digging fighting positions right now. Come on, dude. We like, crashed somewhere and this ain't going to be no thing yeah um being a grunt i i completely understand kurtz's perspective and things he's in an yeah. unknown area he doesn't know if there's combatives around mm-hmm. his best defense is it's the fighting position yeah and i had ncos like him and i kind of get it but then yeah. Hand, yeah i know what you mean he's one of those guys i get it I still would have thought that, but, <laughs> uh, so, um, Kurt swears at private Watt for not spotting them sooner. I love that. You know, you, you're realizing the enormity of your situation, but you still got time to chew out some, some lowly private for not spotting this army of silent movers in the night. I love Dude, that. that. That's Kurtz like throughout the book series. That's just him. Yeah. Yeah. I love Kurtz. I love yeah. Kurtz. He's, He's a needed person. He's probably not well liked, but I mean, you know those guys, and yeah. and you need and when you need them, you're you're really glad you have them. But every every time else, you're like, man, I hate my life with this guy. Oh, I know, hundred percent. And it's like he he brings that cruelty to create the unity for a team. Yeah, and you yeah. Have, you have to have people like that. Everyone kind of unites under under that cruelty too. You know, everyone mm-hmm. has a common enemy, but. There's still that there's still that combat leadership there. Yeah, for they, sure. they still listen to him, you know. Okay, so uh, next we get a look at Sergeant Thor. Um, probably talked about as one of the coolest dudes ever with all the Rangers. Uh, also, the only one with a beard because he decided, you know what? How do I get a beard and not get kicked out or something? You know, not get written up or figured out. He just had to become a pagan, and. Uh, you know, I love, I love, I, I, I picture him going to, you know, whatever officer he had to go to. And they said, well, you know what? You have to be pagan to grow a beard. And uh, you have to go through all these, you have to do these religious ceremonies with like axes and, and light little fires. And, and I could just picture this guy being like, that's all I have to do. Absolutely. Yeah. And not only that, I could picture him like, he's like, wait. I have to do a ritual with axes and fire. I'm down. Yeah, this, like, this I already, do this on my free time already. <laughs> this dude's already one of the best snipers. So he clearly is proficient with weapons and he gets to do religious ceremonies with weapons. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Um, okay. So Rangers begin to engage. Uh, first uh, thing is a 240 burst into the ore cord that's massing. And uh, this gets touched on a couple of times, but uh, you know, the 240 that, that's an amazing weapon. Like yep. I like limbs get t- completely torn off from those rounds. 
Mm. And, uh, you, you know, he, he Tucker talks about, you know, Haji's scattering when they get hit with that, but these orcs don't, these orcs do not scatter. And, uh, I know if I saw that, I'd be like, what are we fighting here? You know, these guys, they're, they're, they're clearly going down. Even one of their chieftains go down, but they still stay, uh, you know, in formation for lack of a better word. Yeah. Um, and to me that I kind of thought about a couple different things with that. Uh, one, the orcs are so used to fighting like hand to hand combat. Right. Mm-hmm. And their tactic is basically just overwhelm. Mm-hmm. So they have to stay together to create the contact, to create their overwhelming force. Right. Right. And the second thing is imagine the discipline of the orcs. They see their right. bros go down. They're getting chewing up by the two forward and like, we have to stay together because this is how we win. So yeah, like, it huh, seems like this is, definitely a well-organized military yeah it seems like just business as usual for them right if they, yeah they don't scatter under that burst and like you know that you know those rounds went through several several bodies because oh yeah they're just wearing like little leather armor things you know yeah. especially that 762 that's going through several bodies it's going through it's going through several bodies um and uh i could at, at this point when i was reading this book for the first time uh i could just picture everything written here you know, so well. And, uh, you know, I knew I was in trouble and I was going to just be purely addicted to these books. Um, so the orc surge first platoon opens up with the two forties. Um, you know, I think it's fair to say the orcs probably never experienced anything like this before, but they'd been used to winning. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, they're obviously experts in stealth because they were able to creep up. The only thing that kind of gave them away was sloshing through that river yeah um so yeah definitely a determined enemy um we get rico rico's up uh i tried to think of a starship troopers joke before this but i could i couldn't think of one it's Um, an orc planet an ugly planet yeah (laughs) okay so rico's 240 engages the orcs in the front of third squad's uh fighting pits uh, traversing fire and talking guns. So we got like multiple two forties going off. Mm-hmm. Uh, that still didn't do the trick. And that's like, that's pretty significant. And they, uh, they get close enough to throw spears, which I'm, I'm guessing is like, I don't know, 50, 50 feet. How far can you throw a spear? doesn't seem like you need to be that far away. Um, I've that. never thrown a spear. I've never thrown a spear at an enemy either. I feel like we need to try this next time at the range. Okay, yes, for next next time we qualify. <laughs> next quarterly qualification. He's talking Just spears. Explain to the training staff. Look, look, we need we need to know how to do this. Um, okay, so uh, spears are launched, 240 goes down. Uh, we get some banter from Tanner, who goes weak. I love that. In the midst of some desperate firefight, somebody still has to talk crap. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so uh Talker, he, he's kind of seeing this right now. I don't think he ever pictured himself being in combat, being a linguist. No. Um, but he's seeing the total scale of all the hate being laid down by the Rangers. Um, incredible fires being just dished out. And they still don't break. Um, so uh, Brocker runs out, runs out of ammo completely. Like he goes black on his 240, which means he... Must have went through, I think it said 
something of the tune of 800 rounds. That's a freaking lot of rounds. Yeah, that goes pretty quick. Mm -hmm. So I know my concern would have been starting to mount at this point, <laughs> you know, if I was one of those Rangers. Um, yeah. Like, uh, you know, they're, they're, the ammo that they carried with them was probably pretty good for like a few firefights with like mm -hmm. another enemy with weapons and uh but an enemy that uses sheer overwhelming numbers i don't think i no, don't think so we're looking at two completely different combat doctrines here um and then you know talker in his scatterbrain talks about how the uh um orcs got their name and uh kennedy first called them orcs and everyone just you know he's such a nerd i just love that that there's that there's this type of guy in this tough ranger tough ranger group but uh tanner's the one who made it popular so cool cool points for tanner just, i mean just like a kurtz like there's a kurtz everywhere there's also right. kennedy oh yeah that and unfortunately the kennedy is always the bottom of the barrel he gets the worst details the worst mm -hmm. uh, guard shifts but in this book series kennedy actually is pretty influential kind of comes into his later. own Kind of comes into his own a little bit later, huh? Yeah. He starts uh, starts gaining a little bit of respect around here. Yeah. Um, so Kurt yells at Talker to get in the fight. And then I think we kind of get a glimpse at how Talker really feels uh, among the Rangers. And he knows he needs to prove himself. Mm -hmm. And uh, he talks about how he's not scared. But he knew this moment would come where he would have to prove himself. And he was concerned that he would be scared. And he's kind of stoked that he's not. Yeah. Um, okay. So um, there's so many orcs, uh, you know, when talkers engaging these guys, you don't even have to aim because there's just so many. Um, so also at this point, um, third's position is uh, getting overrun. So Kurtz assembles a QRF with a, I don't remember who else was in it, but I know that uh, I know it was Kurtz and Talker for sure. Oh, and Brum. Brum okay. was there. Uh, so Kurtz assembles a QRF. He says, Talker, come with us, you worthless slag, and don't shoot anyone dressed like us. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Just, you know, you know where Talker stands with Kurtz and yeah. Talker, Talker finds that refreshing. You know, he yeah. ain't trying to, he ain't trying to play nice or anything. This is just, no. This is it. Yeah, and from the beginning of the book, Talker is constantly trying to prove his worthiness, mm -hmm. you know, not only to the Rangers, but to himself. Like, why am I here above everybody else? Right. So. Right. Um, I like how Talker also, uh, <laughs> he also points out he has no idea what he's doing at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, I think we've all been in uh, some like if we can all think back to our very first, you know, critical incident, whether, you know, you're in law enforcement or you're in the military. Um, we, it, our first one is like, oh, my gosh, what do I even do? And, you know, that you just kind of stood there with wide eyes watching the watching the veterans get to work. I know I, I, I can think of a couple when I was, you know. Knew where I'm at that uh, I just kind of stood there and waited for somebody to tell me something to do. Yeah. Um, okay, so arrows start raining down. 
Brum gets nailed in the plate carrier and he just kind of laughs like whatever. I say no thing. Yeah. Kurtz gets nailed in the forearm and swears once violently. I think we can all kind of picture that. We know we know what that sounds like. Uh, but that ain't gonna stop Kurtz. He no. snaps that thing off. He keeps moving. You you're gonna need a lot to take down Kurtz. He's just full yeah. of hate. Kurtz ain't gonna stop with an arrow. That ain't that ain't stopping him. He's full of hate. He's gonna dish it out. Okay, so uh, the ad hoc QRF comes comes on third's position, and they see Rangers swinging rifles like clubs. Um, I could picture a few guys probably going, you know, fisticuffs with the orcs at close range, <laughs> and uh, talking some hard game probably at the same time, right? Dude, can um, you imagine that? You have these nasty creatures from the depths of nightmares charging at you, and you're like, "Let's go fisticuffs right now! Let's we're, go, we're baby! Going at it! Let's go!" I ain't and running. I could, to- I could totally see some ridge- rangers just clocking them in the jaw. Like, yeah, oh, that's all you got. Yeah, let's go, yeah. baby. Let's go. <laughs> um, another he he sees another one strat another ranger straddling an orc, just hacking away with him at his machete. His helmet's gone. The whole position is being like you know, go- devolving into chaos. Dude, I, um, I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know what I like here? I like I like also the rangers didn't break either. They were like, we're, we're down to fight. Let's go. Yeah. You want to come at us? We ain't stopping. <laughs> okay. So, um, Tucker, uh, sees a ranger and an orc fighting, uh, Tucker shoots the orc pretty close two times in the chest. And this effing thing still has the wherewithal to throw a dagger straight at Tucker. And mm-hmm. I think this kind of talks to, uh, the combat proficiency of the orcs. Um, let's take a break at this point and we'll be right back. Okay. Sorry about that folks. A little technical difficulty in our end, but um, I was talking about how uh, Talker nails this orc in the chest and the thing still is able to throw a dagger with good aim at, mm-hmm. at Talker after being like freaking shot in the chest twice. Um, Talker twists out of the way at the last second. It misses. And at this point, as I, you know, as I'm reading the book, I'm like, wow, I kind of underestimated the orcs at this point. Um, they don't go down easy. No, you know, these things are, these things are ready to fight. Yeah. Um, so something I was thinking about is talker at the beginning of this chapter, he, he's talking about how he's dreaming in Elvish. Mm-hmm. Now, Without giving too much away, how was able? How was Talker able to avoid the dagger? I mean, I can imagine this dagger traveling at a high velocity towards him, right? Mm-hmm. And he's able to move away from it. That's some mm-hmm. pretty good reflexes. So something to think about uh, as you continue on with the book series. Interesting. Okay, I didn't. I didn't think about that. Um, so now we're starting to get some mortars dialed in and they start mm-hmm. raining down on the orcs, um, trying to cross the river and it kind of creates a little bit of a lull in, in the combat as these explosives are just raining down on these orcs. Um, and then, uh, and then Brum, the normally, uh, guy to be very happy laying down hate with a 249, uh, stops, right. Um, maybe I think he swears even. And uh, it's clear he's looking at something. Uh, but meanwhile, Talker's trying to 
to check on people still alive in the firefight under Kurtz's direction. Lots of blood, lots of bodies everywhere. <laughs> he says it amounted to him checking, him going up to bodies being like, you okay, buddy? You all right? <laughs> Pathetic. <laughs> oh man, we all learn though, right? I mean, you're going to learn, you're going to learn after that. <laughs> yeah. Like he, he was probably never trained on how to do that. So he's yeah. like, Hey man, you, you doing okay? Like rubbing his chest or something. Hey buddy. Yeah. You good? Oh, are no. you the medic? No, man, I'm a linguist. <laughs> let me get let me get somebody that can help you. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's funny. All right, so back to Brum. He's mem- he's mesmerized by something, uh, and it looks as if Sergeant Kurtz is also looking at something across the river. Mm-hmm. Talker pans over, and they see a twelve foot tall Goliath. And uh, you know this. This had to be, I'm, I'm picturing all this firefighting going down. They're still wearing their night vision. I mean, that's, that's all got to be pretty cumbersome. Um, and so for them to stop and turn and look at this thing that's, you know, it, the book says thick and wide and all muscle. Um, and uh, the all loved uh, PFC Kennedy later says that it looked like a hill giant, you know, from Dungeons and Dragons. Side note, I love Dungeons and Dragons. I play that. It's a great game. Uh, in case anybody was curious, <laughs> should get on that. It's super fun. Anyway, uh, a hill giant. Um, if you look that up, look up hill giant Dungeons and Dragons. That thing is no joke. Um, it's huge. It's muscular. It has a gigantic club. Um, this one has an iron cap and chains on its wrist. And so, and, you know, huge iron chains on its wrist. And I was kind of thinking like, Maybe the orcs keep this in captivity and only release it when they need, you know, a tank or whatever. That's what I was was thinking. This thing is so aggressive and it's hard to control. They're Mm -hmm. like, well, we we need him right now. So release the hill giant. Yeah. And there he comes. And I'm just picturing this 12 foot muscular beast, almost like a Hulk, right? Yeah. yeah, Charging at you. And here you are going hand to hand with a whole bunch of orcs and you stop that. And you're like, huh, here's this crazy thing charging at me now. What am I going to do? Yeah, this is, uh, this is not good. Yeah. Let's uh, redirect our issue. Uh, anyway, uh, no time to think about this thing's terrible life. Let's get the Carl Gustav up. <laughs> uh, and Kurtz also engages with the 240. And uh, I just picture like, I, I picture Kurtz holding this thing like Rambo holding that M60 in mm-hmm. whatever Rambo movie this is with the belt in one hand and it slung under his arm and just ah, laying down the hate into this into this beast. Yeah. Um, Talker says it also moved very fast. So this thing's getting hit by 240 and uh, or 762 and it's not slowing down. In fact, it laughs like menacingly like you're not you're not hurting me um and i don't know anything that can stand up to that much 240 but apparently kurtz empties a whole belt on it dude i I couldn't even imagine that laying down the 240 on some gigantic beast and it's just laughing at you yeah and and it keeps running it's not like ow this kind of hurts yeah like oh you broke my kneecap no yeah this thing here it comes this thing ain't stopping 
Uh, and I love talker right here. I think you made it mad. <laughs> oh man. I just, I love talker's sense of humor. Um, and I love how also he, he looks back on that and thinks, you know what? I hope this is, I hope this gets turned into a movie because from a screenwriting perspective, <laughs> this, this would be great timing. <laughs> Dude, you need that. You need that element of just humor sometimes in a stupid firefight. You're just like, Oh yeah, here comes the jokes because yep. I- here they it come back. I love it. Um, and uh, I think I think it's fair to say talk, talker is the reason we read this book. You know, we're not just looking for a first person perspective. We want we want talker to be telling us this story. Yeah. Um, you know, we get we not only get a, a hilarious uh, perspective, but we also get a guy who's also kind of trying to find himself and where he fits in this unit of just pure warriors. Um, I don't know. I love that. So anyways, Brum unleashes this 84 millimeter Carl Gustav. I've never shot one of those. I've only shot nope. the AT4, but uh, I bet, I mean, it seems like a large thing. <laughs> uh, I like how Talker also describes it took off like an invisible hornet late for a drive-by. <laughs> if that doesn't embody like the amount of hate this thing can launch, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know what can. Yeah, it's like the epitome of a ranger, like just nothing but hate and anger. Yes, yes. Uh, um, this thing hits the hits the hill giant. It freaking explodes inside of him, and he just kind of crumples and falls onto a bunch of other orcs too. Um, and we later find out it's a anti personnel round, which I guess is a thing. Yeah, and it exploded like a shotgun blast. Yeah, yeah, like a point blank shotgun blast right into this thing's chest. Um, and uh, he goes to talk about, I don't know if this is a real thing or not. Um, I've never shot a Carl Gustav or know anything about that weapon system, but 800 tungsten balls exploding into something, I think that'll do the trick. I think that'll do so. the trick. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what's, our, what's our famous quote at the end of this chapter? Carl, Carl Gustav, Gustav don't, don't care. Don't care. That's right. We almost got it synced up. <laughs> almost. Next time. We'll work on that next time. Okay, that does it for us over here at Be Meaner Than It. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, we're going to be doing this chapter by chapter. Our next episode, we're going to meet Sergeant Major Stone, who's the Command Sergeant Major of the Rangers, and Chief Rap, and a bunch of weird stuff happens next. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys later. Thanks for listening. <laughs>